All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show. A men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Chris Powell. Chris is widely known as the Transformation Specialist and host of ABC's documentary-style series, Extreme Weight Loss. With an unyielding dedication to helping others, Chris travelled the country using his innovative techniques, education and expertise to guide extremely overweight individuals as he shed hundreds of pounds over the course of a year. Beyond the show, Chris became a leading authority on achieving optimal health and lifelong transformation. Chris and Heidi Powell launched the digital platform Transform with Chris and Heidi. It has the goal of transforming one million lives and provides users with the motivation, exercises, nutrition and built-in community for a successful transformation. In addition to the app, the Transform brand has introduced its own supplement line, a line of everyday meal replacement shakes, energy formulas and vitamins and the Perform line of workout and performance products. It also introduced a one-on-to-one coaching program where app users are paired with a certified personal coach who has a history of successful transformation and works side-by-side with Chris and Heidi. Chris has been awarded the prestigious Jack Leanne Award, written several books that have soared to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. He holds a degree in exercise science and the training accreditation, the Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. He appears regularly on nationally syndicated television shows and has been featured on the cover of and has written for many top name publications. And in this interview, we discuss destroying limiting beliefs to create true personal fitness and health transformations, learning to love and believe in ourselves through fitness and healthy eating, how to establish core values and habit forming, training nutrition, diet and supplement hacks, and so much more. And now let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Chris. You have no idea how much of an honour this is to have somebody. I've wanted to have you on from the very start, but for the five people under a rock who have maybe not heard of you, could you give a quick introduction? (laughs) Sure, yeah, you bet. Um, My name is Chris Powell, and Ian, of course, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I actually, most people know me as the transformation specialist on a show that in America was called Extreme Weight Loss or Extreme Makeover Weight Loss Edition. And then overseas, it was a year to save my life. It was Kilo Por Kilo. It was a, it's gone by a, a, a number of different names as it was sold around the world. But, uh, but nevertheless, my specialty and my passion is helping people through the journey of transformation. And so, uh, so I, I had a, it was a great run sharing transformations with the world for five to six years. And then since then, I've I've continued on in the transformation journey, but instead building digital platforms so I can take people through transformation virtually now. No, I love it. I mean, the big thing about what I have you on was you're not just somebody who talks how to do it. You've actually gone through it yourself. So you've got, you know, you've been down in a low ebb and you've transformed your life. And a lot of people can relate better to that. Now, it's hard to imagine you as a skinny kid, but you said <laughs> that was your introduction to, you know, you put on the weight through having a weight bench in your in your home and working through it. 
But with all these 20 years of experience, what similarities do you notice with people in their aversion to transforming their life? Why do people talk it but not actually walk the walk, do you think? You know, it's, it's a really good question. I, I, I think then there, I think there's several answers to that. Uh, number one, um, actually, there are multiple answers, but at the root of it all, because you, we can bring it all back to one place. It all boils down to the belief in yourself and believing that you can. And, and here, here's the one thing that I found, regardless of where you want to go in life, whether you want to lose weight, you want to gain muscle, you want to maybe improve, uh, level up in your career or whatever it is. Um, a lot of times when people, and especially the folks I've worked with, because the, we know the people I work with, they've come from the lowest of low places and they try and they fail and they try and they fail and they try and they fail. And so uh, hmm. over time, after so many attempts and so many failures, every single time that they fail, they, their, their esteem, their confidence, their belief in themselves takes a hit. Then they try and fail again. Then they try and fail again. But I can also trace it back to when they try. What are, they, what are they doing wrong? And how can we tweak that so they do it right? Because the thing is, if, if we can simply tweak that tiny little equation right there, that moment in which they actually attempt or they, they, they set out to attempt to do something, if we can do that right, then we can set people on an upward path and we can genuinely change their lives and you can build the belief in themselves. And so what they do, what they do wrong, especially in the journey of transformation, is they take on too much at once. What, again, where, where, however they want to transform, the biggest mistake I've ever seen in my life and what, I spend, what I've actually spent 20 years of my life trying to help people correct is overcommitting. And they take on way too much at once. And, and there's, there's a whole, the psychological background behind that is wildly powerful. And once you start to change that conversation, you really speak to shrinking down those commitments to something that's truly doable so that they can actually accomplish that like a single task day after day after day, then we can actually start to build that, that personal integrity, that, that belief in themselves. And once someone believes in themselves, it's my job as a coach just to get out of their way. And if you want, we can dig mm -hmm. into that. We can dig into that equation. We can dig into the psychology. We can go wherever you want here. I love that because I'm definitely somebody that if I could get out my own way, I would be wonderful. You know, I can give great advice, but actually setting and making something a habit, I, I become a nightmare. And it's a, sure. it's a family joke that I'll say I'll do something and I just, I, I go backwards sometimes. But this is what I love about your journey is that you help people change by helping them love themselves and actually finding the the, the demons, shall we call them, that are holding them back. And I think that's the beauty of it is that you've been there. So, I mean, you've had your own addiction problems. You've had your business problems. You know, you're not just saying to somebody, this is the five key things to do and expecting them to do it. Is that where your genuine love comes from that, for your clients so you can actually see and know what they're going through? Do you think that's why you've been so successful over the years? I, I think so. Because, you know, it, again, it's, um, it's one thing to tell somebody to do something, but if you haven't quite been there in their shoes, you'll never fully know. And while I'll even say I'm working with a client who's 500 pounds, I'll tell them straight up, look, I've never been 500 pounds. So I, what I do know is that I'll never know what that is like, but mm -hmm. I have, I've lost everything. I've struggled with my own addictions and, and, and again, there, there are similar, some, lots of similarities in, in addiction, of course. And so this is how, this is how I was able to overcome my issues 
And then I've taken those lessons and I've translated it into helping people through any journey of transformation. And then, and then ultimately, you know, fortunately I come with a little bit of credibility because most of my clients have seen a lot of my success stories in the past and they're like, okay, well maybe he knows what he's talking about. But yes, the, the passion comes from the fact that look, I, I was in a really, really dark place in my life um, several different times. And these, I'm passionate about my teachings and my principles because it's not something I read. It was something that I learned and I applied and it genuinely changed my life. And because it, it empowered me and it helped me learn how to love myself, I, I, that's, I want to give that to other people. And that's why that's where this passion comes from, because it changed my life. And I just know that applying these principles and applying these different things, it can change anybody's life. And that's why it's, it's easy. It's easy to share it because I genuinely believe in it and I'm a walking example mm -hmm. of it. That's why I was really keen to have you on because I still find sometimes that we can bombard people with all these amazing messages, but if they're not willing to change or, you know, change that mindset, they don't believe they can do it. And like you're saying, it's, it's possible to do. And when I was deep down with depression, I've had issues like low self-esteem, breakups. You think that, you know, oh, that's fine for people who are on a even keel. I can never do that. But you've done some amazing things and you're doing amazing things daily, you know, whether you're transform right. up, whether you're trying to move 1 million people, you know, it's the fact that you've got it tattooed on your body, that your mission, it's an amazing thing. But for people who are struggling just now, I noticed a big thing they struggle with. It's when you ask them to change, it goes against their identity. You know, they're no longer the chubby joker, the, the, the tall, lanky kid. You know, it's the, the image they portrayed for themselves. How do we start chipping away at that, you know, that's who I am and change the story to become the success you want to be? You know, yeah, and, and again, that's a really deep question when it comes to the help, helping someone change their identity. Um, and, and you're right. In fact, a lot of times people, they fear change because sometimes their identity is also the excuse that they use to rationalize why things don't work for them. And so here's the thing, and I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've dealt with this, uh, I mean, time and again with so many clients, um, you know, say say they're dating someone and that person breaks up with them and they go, well, they broke up with me because I'm overweight. What happens when you're not overweight? Then they actually have to deal with, well, it happened maybe because they weren't right for me. They simply did not like who I, who I am. And again, these are difficult conversations to have, but the thing is a lot of times, well, it didn't, I didn't get the job because, because look at me uh, or, but, and so it's, it's, it's difficult for people to actually sometimes take ownership of, well, maybe it's not that, maybe it's simply you weren't qualified. Maybe who knows, it could be a, a, a bunch of different things. Changing identi the, the identity of someone, again, it's, um, it's not something that just, it just happens like that. In some cases it has, but those cases are very, very rare. It is, a, it's, it is just like any journey, it is just one small step at a time. And the way I, that I've always approached that with my clients, I've just always said, well, who do you want to be? And they will, well, I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be a kickboxer. I want to be, um, I want to be a great dad. I want to be, you know, I, I want to be a good husband. I want to be, well, you are right now. Like you, you could be that right now. You just simply have to live into it. 
But then mm-hmm. here comes that belief thing again. So how do we get there? How do we, and if you don't mind, I'm actually going to go back about five minutes to something that you said. You said um, a lot of, you make a lot of commitments and then sure enough, you, you know, come two days from now, that commitment's out the window. You don't keep your word to yep. yourself. Mm-hmm. Ian, that is the root of transformation. So can I tell you a little story? And this is, this is one of the, be- the greatest lessons anyone could ever learn. Anyone who's listening right now, if you want to change your life, I'm going to just lay it all out for you right now. I'm going to give you the formula because what, what I do is not special by any stretch of the imagination, but I will speak to just the, 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 the deep inner workings of how we work behaviorally, spiritually, emotionally. And look, every, every transformation, if you really want to change your life, it's all rooted in one thing. And, and, and that, that word is integrity. Look, and, and I'm, here's the story. Um, and a lot of people are like, hey, how do you do what you do? How do you help these people lose 200 pounds in a year? How do you help them like literally just love themselves and, be, and, and start, you know, feel like they can just run through walls and they, they start businesses and they can do all these different things. And say, here's how it goes. We actually, right off the bat, we bring, I'm going to give you like a little bit of a secret behind the show or behind the method of, to the madness. Well, I'll, we'll actually do, you know, 15, 20 transformations at a time. And in one, in one fell swoop, we'll bring everyone to one location, sit them all down. And typically there's 40 to 50 people there that are looking to transform. And I'll stand up there in front of the room. And what I say right off the bat, it rubs everyone the wrong way. And I say, you are all here because you do not have any integrity. And you can imagine how that lands with a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Going, Excuse me. And a couple of people, they'll, they'll get up and start walking out the door and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me, let me explain. Look, I'm sure that you all have integrity with other people. Like Gary, if you tell Joe that you're going to show up tomorrow at noon, you're probably there at 1158, right? And Mary, if you tell Susan that you're going to pick, pick her kids up from soccer practice at five, you're there, right? Yeah. Well, why don't we try this then? Everyone have a seat. Why don't we try this? I just want to see a show of hands. How many of you have said to yourself, the diet starts Monday? And everyone goes, oh. how about, how about 2018? This is my year. Or 2019. Here we go. This is it. This is, this is going to be the turning point. How about 2020? How about, I'm going to, I'm going to set my alarm early Monday morning, five o'clock. I'm going to do 45 minutes of cardio. And then you hit snooze the whole time. So to clarify this whole thing, it's not that you don't have integrity with other people. You don't have integrity. You're sitting here and, and most of you, you're struggling. You're at the darkest level of your life and, 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 and it, it shows the inside shows on the outside because you know, you're, you're four or 500 pounds right now. And you're coming to me for help. You're here because you don't have any personal integrity. You have no integrity with yourself. You fit, you spend so much time focusing on fulfilling your commitments to other people, but you never fulfill your commitments to yourself. And if you had, you wouldn't be sitting here in the first place. I'm looking out here at this room of 40 to 50 people. And I don't see on each of you, I don't see 200 pounds of, of extra body fat. I see 200 pounds of broken promises. And if you can start, if you learn that look, transformation, physical transformation, look, yeah, we use diet and exercise as a vehicle, the physical vehicle to get there, but it has nothing to do with it. Physical transformation is all rooted in keeping your commitments to yourself, breaking it down to one single promise. And that's, that's when it goes back to what I was saying about biggest mistake people make is overcommitting. 
They go, okay, I'm ready for physical transformation. I'm going to drink a gallon of water tomorrow. I'm going to measure all my five meals. I'm going to, I'm going to dial in all my macros. I'm going to do 45 minutes of cardio. I'm going to do an hour in the gym. I'm going to, whoa, you just took on something that's so unattainable. Only 1% of the population can actually do it. Cause it actually has the time to do what you just said you're going to do. And you think you're going to come running out those doors and do that because guess what? When you say that you're making commitments to yourself. And what you're doing is it's almost like signing a contract with your soul. And people don't realize that when you say you're going to do something, whether you say it out loud or you say it in here, it doesn't matter. Integrity is integrity, especially personal, especially personally integrity. And when you're doing that, you are signing a contract with your soul. And if you keep that contract, you are rewarded with esteem and confidence and belief in yourself with the, with really at the end of the day, what it's all about is happiness and feeling good about yourself and loving yourself. But if you break that contract, what happens? You lose belief in yourself, negative self-talk. Mm. You ultimately, you start to hate yourself. And I look out there and I say, Joe, how do you feel about yourself? Well, I hate myself. Gary, how do you feel about yourself? Look at me. I'm a disappointment. I hate myself. You want to know why? Because you broke promise after promise after promise after promise. You signed all these contracts with yourself and you broke them. So now, if you want to change your life forever, then you are going to learn to be a promise keeper to yourself and you make a promise and you keep it and then you keep it and you keep it and you keep it. And we're going to do this day after day after day after day until the treadmill and that salmon salad, it, they don't matter anymore. The most important thing is you keeping the commitment to yourself. And when you keep that commitment to yourself, you'll be, you're, you're going to do the time on the treadmill. You're going to eat the salmon salad, but it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with what's happening in here. And when you say it, when you understand that you're gambling, when you say you're going to do something, you're gambling with the most important thing in the world. So don't you dare make a promise that's so big that you, that you cannot keep it. It, it shouldn't even be questionable. So Ian, when you're going to start your transformation, I guarantee if you don't keep it, you made the biggest mistake in the world and you overcommitted. You have to shrink it down to something. You got to say, look, I'm just going to drink an extra quart of water today. That's my commitment to myself. Do that day after day after day. Do that for seven days straight. If you can do that for seven days straight, I will allow you to make another commitment to yourself until you start to get it, until you start to realize it's not about the water, it's about the commitment. And, and my job as a coach is to keep you winning. And as long as you keep winning, your esteem and your belief in yourself will keep growing and growing and growing. And month after month, in three, four months, I go, Ian, all right, here we go. It's going to be 30 minutes of cardio. You're going to drink uh, two extra quarts of water a day. And then you're going you're gonna to hit your calories today. You go, and you go, hmm, I'll do that. I will do that. Or you know what, Chris? It's too much. Let's go ahead and take out the calories. I'll do two quarts of water and I'll do 15 minutes on the treadmill. Okay, cool. Hey, I get it because you understand you're not going to gamble with the most important thing in the world. And that's your word. It all boils down to your word, your word to yourself, personal integrity. That's the game changer. That's the secret to transformation right there. See, that's our blew me away because when I was looking into you and I, I first heard that, I was like, <clears throat> That's it's unbelievable how it's not 50 things, it's just one, two, three small things. I think I read somewhere that you did a, you've got a four point plan for people it's um, promise, carb, mission, and shredder. You know, you just keep it that simple and you, you build it from there. I, 
I think it's at the point that people overcomplicate it, that we th- we imagine that coming out of the comfort zone is going to be this terrifying level of like, we're going to have to change everything about us, new haircuts, new style, we're going to have to be a different person. How do you start that change to getting over that fear? You know that like you're the heavy person going into the gym or you're wanting to go for a walk outside, but you're worried what the neighbors think. What sounds right. petty to somebody who's not in that boat, but to somebody that could destroy their life. And I know that feeling when you're worrying what people are judging you and stuff. How do you start getting over that fear? Because you really make that person love themselves. But how do you get that initial inertia? Yes, and I I totally, I I get that. I get, I also, I get that I, I, I don't fully understand, but I can hear people bring that to me and I try, I feel Mm -hmm. for that. And because of course there's been a lot of situations that I've stepped into where I felt like a fish out of water and I felt uncomfortable and I I did not want to be in a certain location because I felt like people were watching me. But so um, you you actually brought up a really good example and well, let's talk about this walking into a gym, walking into a gym and and not feeling confident in yourself. And that's why with, with a lot of my people, I'll say, look, if you're not ready for the gym yet, that's fine. Let's go ahead and let's start building your confidence at home. And so then, then we, we will dive right into the commitment issue and we'll let them start making their promises and start building up that their personal integrity. We call it integrity momentum. So they start feeling better about themselves, but then maybe two, three, four weeks, sometimes months down the road, depending on where they're at. Hey, if going into a gym is something you really want to do and you want to transition your workouts there, here's what I want you to do. And I've done this, drive down to the gym, walk through the doors, have a seat in the chair for 60 seconds, then get up and walk out. That's all I want you to do. The approach is the same, baby steps. Say you don't want to go outside. You don't want to do laps around the block because you don't want people honking your horn at you. Just walk out your door. Walk out your door, mm-hmm. walk, to, walk to your next door neighbor's house, turn around and come back. Tomorrow, walk two houses down. The next day, walk three houses down. Look, you got the rest of your life to do this. What's the rush? The thing is, especially if you're going to walk out your door and if you think you're going to do like three laps around the block and if a car, you know, so you start honking your horn and go, oh, I knew that was going to happen. And you come running back home and then you lock yourself in the house. Stop. Hey, just, just walk three doors down, turn around and come back and then do it again. And before you know it, you're going to start to feel more and more comfortable. And also here's the best part quite often. And I know. Look, I know a lot of people out there have experienced some really, really terrible things, especially at the, at the, at the end of the finger pointing from other people. But you're also going to realize that about 97% of the people out there are really good. 3% are a-holes. They're just dirtbags. They're scumbags. Definitely. But 97% of the people are freaking amazing out there. And they're going to see you and they're going to give you a thumbs up or a high five. You walk into, in, into a gym. And, and you'll be blown away at the, the support that you can receive there and, and the friends that you can meet there. And I know it can seem a little bit intimidating at first, and maybe it, it all depends on the gym that you're going to. But, but nevertheless, I'm telling you guys, 3% of the people out there are dark. 97% of the people out there are good. They're good people. Mm. They're loving and they support you. And like they, they see you out there and they're going to be like, dude, good for you. Go get them. So, but again, no rush in this thing, baby steps. That's been, that's always the approach. That's always the approach that for me and my experience has won time and time and time again. Cause that's something I do say to people is just because you're maybe afraid of going to the gym doesn't mean you can't go for a walk. 
doesn't mean you can take the dog somewhere or sit and do a couple press-ups at home or just a wee bit more like because my, my dad's type 2 diabetic and we keep trying to get him involved without calling it fitness just moving a bit more just getting some stuff around and it's tried to change his attitude towards it so i know what it's like yeah. when you have this kind of encouraging encourage, encourage but for those who are sitting now it could be something really deep down it could be a like i don't like the word demon because it has this sort of religious connotation but for people who have these things that are really holding them back like real issues how do you treat how do you help somebody start believing in themselves loving themselves but actually dealing with that one thing because you you know you said you've dealt with the diet and the fitness in 45 minutes how but then you transform them you take them from that dark place and show them where they can find the light because you've done it yourself yeah yeah i've i've had the amazing opportunity to work side by side with some phenomenal psychologists and psychiatrists. And so typically what you've seen on the show, when we actually helped a lot of those people through some really dark times, you know, I, I understand where my scope of practice is at its limits. And so I allow that. So that's when it's important for the psych, the psychologist or psychiatrist to step in. You need typically mm-hmm. a psychologist in this situation to help people deal with past trauma. But being able to actually work side by side with the psychologist as people are, are dealing with this um, and for me to kind of to allow myself to be that like a, a super friend as, as far as a guide on the journey. Um, one of the most important things is um, I'm so sorry, there, there are emails coming through. Do, do you hear a pinging at all or, is, or are we good? No, no, no it, that's good. OK, OK, fantastic. It's, it's in my ear. It's like ping, ping. I was like, I just want to make sure it's not interrupting this. Um, but yeah, so so when it comes to actually helping people through the journey, um, most of the folks that, that I spend my time working with have dealt with some really extreme trauma. And I remember, extreme trauma is all relative. I mean, for someone, it might have been their, their dog dying when they're a child. And others, it could be severe abuse or death or you know loss, whatever that might be. So it's, it's all relative. It's all how we perceive that, that experience in our lives and the story mm-hmm. that we tell around it. And so, um, and so for, for to, but a lot of times, significant trauma holds people back from moving forward in their lives because it's so painful. And that's also for a lot of the folks that I've worked with and a lot of people out there in general, um, that is often, quite often the root of the hunger that they feel because, and, and when I say hunger, what they're doing is they're, they're, they, there's an emotional hole there or the emotional pain, and then they're using food to numb it. And so, and they're using that food to numb that pain from the past. And sometimes, Sometimes that that they they used it to to numb the pain from the past to a point where they don't even realize they're they're feeling that pain from the past, but they're continually numbing it. But that's an emotional hunger, not a physical hunger. So it's really important that we can clear the past. That's the the verbiage that we use. You must clear the past in order to move forward. And in order to do that, there's a lot of different ways. But it's also really important. Number one. Um, that that when I'm helping someone clear the past, whether it is confronting um, an issue or trauma, that like, it's always going to be confronting an issue or trauma. But if it if it involves it like confronting an individual, I always usually have the psychologist help me through that mm-hmm. that side of the journey just to make sure because I, I again I understand where my scope of practice is and where it is not. 
Um, but nevertheless, being able to witness that and being able to be side by side with that individual as they're going through that, you know, a lot of times it could be, um, and, and it's, again, it's all unique to the individual. So it could be visiting a, a grave and actually, or maybe writing a letter to someone who's traumatized you. It could be making a phone call or it could simply be, um, I mean, it, it could be a number of, of different things, but usually it involves some sort of, it, it, a, it's a, there's a confrontation. And I don't, I hope that doesn't come with a negative connotation, but because mm -hmm. the confrontation does not have to be violent or angry or anything like that, but it can, it's simply, it's going back to the past and unboxing some of this pain and, and literally then from there, working through that, starting to deal with it, talking about it, you know, a, a really powerful method I've actually seen a handful of psychologists um, use is they'll actually take someone back to that moment of trauma and then they'll have them tell the story in detail. And then they'll have them tell the story again in detail and again and repeat it again and again. And the more the individual repeats it, the more they actually separate the emotion from it and you can actually start to see it as the story, the event, it was an event that happened and then they placed all this meaning on it of you're not worthy, it was your fault, you did this, you're, you're this, you're that. And then they can start to actually separate the emotion from it the more they actually tell the story. And that I've seen that be a really powerful moment for a lot of people where they're, especially when they're talking about some sort of horrendous abuse or loss that they, they experienced when they were younger. And again, the more they talk about it and they just continue to tell the story over and over again, it becomes just that it becomes a story. And you, you, you watch it. And the first three times they tell the story, there's tears and body convulsing. And then the 10th time that they tell it, because it takes time to actually work through this, the 10th time they tell it, so there's, there's no more emotion. And I've seen that be a really powerful tool. And again, you know, it's all relative. I, I don't necessarily want anyone to go out there and, and just start digging through this without also seeking proper advice. Because if the trauma is deep enough, it is wonderful to have a therapist to actually walk you through mm -hmm. that process as well. So you can really deal with this. So I don't know what that looks like, but it's also a really powerful ex exercise that you could actually try. Um, but it can be very painful as well. It, it, it is painful, but it's also very healing. Yeah, I mean, it's something I've, I've I've kind of dealt with when I was a bit younger. Like, I was bullied in primary school, and I could think back now and imagine me being back there at that, you know. And I remember I've gone through cognitive behavior therapy, where it's like they call it talking therapy. So you actually learn to deal with your thoughts in another way. You realize that voice in your head isn't you. That's just your brain fighting out like automatic messages saying, well, this is what you normally think about. So let me give you some reassurance that that agrees with you. And you start realizing you're not that person. But I think we have to remove that stigma of mental health or therapy and like say to people, it's not a weakness to ask for help. You're, it's a strength to say, I need this fix in my life. Let's get on to it and let's get on, you know, let's move it. Is that something you found I, a lot of people struggle with? That kind of op being open and saying, "I need help. I need. I'm. I'm not the man. I don't need to be fixing everything. I can ask for help when I need it." Absolutely. You know, it's it's really interesting because when I was helping people transform 15 years ago, um, the mental health was a conversation that people really avoided because mm -hmm. because of that stigma, and especially especially men. 
that I, I really struggled, especially with my male clients, because there's the ego, there's the persona, there's the, again, the stigma behind um, depression and anxiety and all these mental struggles. And, and they feel like, oh, if I, if I talk about my feelings, then that's weakness. No. And, and, you know, Brene Brown says it best. I mean, vulnerability is the greatest marker of courage that you can ever have, but it's, it's one thing to hear it. And it's another thing to actually turn around and be vulnerable in front of people. And my male clients really struggle with that, but you know, what's so cool Ian is that the conversation nowadays is changing and people are starting to really open up this conversation of mental health, because guess what? We, it is a very much a reality that we all need to deal with because we're all struggling in some form or fashion. Every person out there is dealing with the struggle. And now we can actually start to have these conversations. I don't know if, I mean, I'm not sure what the statistics look like in the UK, but here in the US, now some 50% of adults are reporting some form of anxiety or depression, which is, which is significantly higher than we've ever had before. Mm-hmm. And people are finally starting to say, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really struggling here. And it's like, oh, fantastic. And because the thing is, if you don't admit it, if we don't open up this conversation, you can't get help, the help that you need. And, and guess what? And I, I know you, you talked about you struggle with depression. Me too. Guess what? And, and a lot of people out there will like, well, yeah, I struggle with depression, but you know, I, I, I wasn't sure how to handle it. And I, you know, I'm going to be fine. Well, guess what? I tried medication. It actually got to a point where I was recommended to a psychiatrist and I've, I've, I tried multiple different kinds of medication and I actually, the first couple did not work for me at all, but then Mm -hmm. one did. And as soon as that one did, I went from a state of real darkness. And, and I'm, I'm sure you get this. If you've battled with depression, like just darkness, I knew within a couple days, I, I knew within a couple days of taking this other, this medication, I was like, wow. I needed that. Wow. I feel like myself again. Oh my gosh. I wish I had done this five years ago, <laughs> you know, and there's, and guess yeah, what? Yeah. And then, and then I open up the conversation with other people. I'm like, Hey, guess what? So I started taking Wellbutrin and I just feel like myself again. They go, okay, no way. Me too. But I didn't, I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. I go, no way. Me too. Oh, hey, heck. And then I started, I started talking about it. I started even talking, talking about it on my social media. And everyone's like, yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. And I was like, wow, what do you know? There's a lot of people out there that are struggling. And now, now that we can open up this conversation, sure enough, you don't feel alone. And that is another massive step to healing is when you realize you're not alone. If you are struggling. Number one, it's okay to ask for help, whether that's a psychologist, just to help talk you through this with cognitive behavioral therapy or whatever, whatever therapy that you're seeking, that can just give you the tools to help navigate some of these stressful situations in life or help you heal the past. Or if you really need it and you're actually in a, a chemical depression, it's okay to talk to a psychiatrist and, and see if there is, is something out there that could work for you as far as the medication goes. And it could be a shorter term fix or it could be a long term fix. But what if it's a short term fix to help you again, to help get that mental clarity and maybe it can actually help reset that neurochemistry so that you can transition off of it, which I did. I medication was wonderful for me for about just over a year. And then I transitioned off and I'm still myself and I'm I'm more, I'm more myself than I was for a long time. And it was like, wow, that stuff works. 
So if again, if, if you're in a dark place, there are solutions. And the only way for you to actually start to find those solutions to, to finally be yourself again, and to be able to actually have like an excitement and vigor and zest for life. Number one, you got to talk about it. Then number two, you got to give yourself permission to just get out there and do something about it to, to again, seek some sort of help because it's out there. And if you, you know, this is the rest of your life and we are so lucky to be born humans alone, you know, and, and if, if you play your cards, right, you know, you might get 90 years on this earth. Let's make the most of it. I was smiling the whole way through that because it was making me think of when I took um, Floxetine, like it's like Prozac, I think in America, and it, it suddenly shut shut down my brain. It made me stop hearing like the 50,000 obsessive thoughts in my head, like I had OCD as well. And suddenly it was like, oh, this is what normality is like. This is fantastic. Let's, you know, and then you start thinking with the cognitive behavior therapy, you know, it sounds silly at the start. Then you get somebody going, no, but that's not an actual real thought. That's just your brain saying that, and you go, oh, right. And that's the beauty is if people would go and get help and speak out or speak to the parents, speak to the friends, and if we were a bit more open and we were more empathetic to each other, we'd realize that everybody's going through crap in their own life. I think there was somewhere, I can't remember who said it, it was before you think you're depressed, check you're not surrounded by arseholes first. And that could be, that's the good quote. And that's what I really like about it. It's like, I think we're finally knocking down this veil of of masculinity that we have to be super tough. We have to do this. We have to do that. You know, it's, it's your life. It's a short amount of time. Why do it being sad, try to be tough in front of somebody that you probably don't even like in the first place? Yeah. So when we're, as we're doing these changes and as we're seeing some great transformations, how do we start to lock this in? How do we start thinking of Paul McKenna has this great way of, he, you know, you visualize, sorry, he's like a, a hypnotist, hypnotist and he has this way right. of where you see the person you want to be. You close your eyes yes. and imagine the virtues of that person and you step into that person to become them. I know it's quite out there for some people, but how do you start saying to somebody you've lost five stone, three stone, whatever, you're looking fantastic. How do you make them believe that, to accept that? You know, it's wild. That's the exact method that I use. I say, who do you want to be? This go- It goes back to the identity conversation. Who do you want to be? And what are the virtues of that person? Let's actually list the, the traits, the character traits, and the personality traits of that person. And then, and like, what is that person? And we actually, what we'll do is we'll trace, what does that person do from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed at night? And when they encounter situations, how do they deal with those situations? And it's wild because you can actually map that, that person you want to be, that successful person, right? We map it from sunup to sundown and we say, so there you go. That's the map of the person that you, that you want to, that you are seeking to become. Why, why can't you be that now? Give me one reason why you can't do that now. Like, okay, so you wake, the, the, the alarm clock goes off and that person does not hit snooze. They put both feet on the floor. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. So then they immediately, they walk to the refrigerator, they open up the door and there's booze <laughs> and there's, there's a cold pizza. And then you see my fridge, some... eh? <laughs> right. so, and there are, or there's, you know, egg whites and yogurt and granola. What mm. does that person do? Well, they eat the egg whites and yogurt and granola. Can you do that? 
Yeah, I can do that. Okay, let's go to the next thing. And oh, and then they're driving to work and they're going to drive right by their favorite fast food spot, right? The, 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 this is the spot that they hit every day. Who's the person that you want to be? Do they swing? Do, do they take a quick ride into the drive through or do they continue on to work because they just had an enjoyable breakfast, you know, right there at home? Well, they're not going to pull in there. They're going to drive to work. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, that's good. Let's just do that for now. And it, whatever happens for the rest of the day. But then the next day, how much further do we want to go? You see, like, we, again, we're, we're now we're going to baby step this thing all the way through. And before you know it, we got them covered morning to night. But the thing is, once they realize, well, that's the person I want to be. That's their virtues. That's their personality. That's their characteristics. Yes, we can all live into it. But you have to, you actually have to, you have to write it down. You have to actually, it has to be tangible. You have to be able to visualize it and not just up here. You, you got to put it down on paper. It's got to be in front of you because it's so easy to forget this up here. So it's really important. You have to extract it so that you can actually follow the map. Because that's something that was, I'm quite a systems orientated person. Like I want to have like the the week set up. So, you know, I've got nights for jujitsu. I've got nights for doing podcasts. I've got nights for five-a-side football and things like that. I need to have it kind of scheduled like that. Is that a way we can make fitness, transformation, whatever you want to call it, a system, a part of our life? Is that the kind of the thing that everybody needs to do to make it successful? And how do we analyze the data or how track it even? Or is that overthinking it perhaps? I think you might, you're, you're a few steps ahead. That's for sure. In, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, sure. But, but so, so like you, I'm a, I'm a systems person as well. So I've actually built it into my system. I, I went to jujitsu last night. And then I'm oh, going to cool. do jujitsu again tomorrow and then Friday. So like, I've got my own <laughs> systems as well. Um, but so, but while a lot of people can function well that way, sometimes building systems is still a little bit too overwhelming. So I always like to meet people where they are and slowly lure them into a system is what I like <laughs> to do. But ultimately, do I like to build one? Yes, because systems will help you keep your word to yourself is what they do. They help you organize your life so there's not as much chaos because in the chaos, it's easy to get lost. And it, when, when you're lost in it, it's easy to then fall out of the contracts that you've written to yourself as far as your commitments go. So yes, I do believe systems are an answer. And then, and also, I mean, when it comes to tracking things, that's the beauty of technology today. I, and that's, that's one of the main reasons I started building app technologies. So it as like, you can actually track your behavior. There's a gazillion apps out there where you can track your macros, you can track your hydration and your workouts and all this other stuff. And guess what? They're freaking awesome. And I think that it is going to be the future because the thing is, if you can track your behaviors and your adherence to those behaviors every day. Well, then it answers all of your questions as to why you're achieving results or not. If you're not achieving results, you can actually look and say, how many days was I consistent with my nutrition and my, my hydration and even my mindfulness? Like, look what's happening here. And you can actually see, well, you're only, a, you know, 54% consistent with it. Well, that answers a lot of questions. But if you're 90% consistent with it, well, now you can actually, well, that totally explains why you're, you know, you're 15 stone down on the scale, right? I love it. So, Cause, yeah. Because that's a big thing about it is everybody thinks, okay, I've, I've started walking. 
okay, oh, there's an app that can measure how much water I'm drinking. Oh, there's an app that can measure my food. I'll take pictures of every meal I do. And then before you know it, they've failed on that one. So they forget to do the water. And, oh, I can start that tomorrow. Oh, wait. And before they know it, they're two weeks down. They're eating a pizza, drink, you know, and you're like three stone back up from where you were. And I've gone through that where it's you, you run before you can walk and you start going, mm-hmm. oh, what happened here? And I think that's the beauty of your you can actually create these global communities where you can show people that there are people like you who want to be, you know, like the world's best friend, who want to help and support each other. It doesn't matter who you're surrounded with right now. And I think that, I don't know if you know the crab metaphor, where you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and as one climbs out, they all pull each other back. Yes. I love that. I had friends like that for a while where you would, I'm going to do this. Oh, don't be so stupid, you know, you'd be ridiculed, you'd be mocked. And then suddenly I had to step away and go, right, they're never going to help me start a podcast. They're never going to help me speak to amazing people like yourself. They're never going to help me do jujitsu because they want to go drinking instead because it's scary. Why do we surround ourselves by people who want to sit and drink and do drugs or all these kind of things? And how do we get rid of these friends shall we call them yes i know what you're saying it's it's okay first of all so wild you mentioned the crab analogy i just talked i just told that story on my social media like three weeks ago and i i think it's it's brilliant and it's true and there's so many parallels between that and human behavior and it it, it, it is wild because a lot of times you have an individual who makes the commitment to changing their lives and then they have this support system that just keeps pulling them back whether it's through guilt or through um, sabotage or whatever it is. Okay, first of all, and I do want to address that because that's, this is a very real part of your of transformation. It is highly likely, and in fact, I've seen this more often than not, which is kind of sad, but this is it's just human behavior, that someone decides to change their life and their social support system thinks otherwise. And then they, again, will sabotage and they'll pull them back in. And all of a sudden you sit down with your friends and they all have a beer and fish and chips and you ordered the salad. They're like, oh, you're too good to to drink a beer and eat fish and chips with us. Right. And you're like, look, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier. Like, oh, oh, sorry. You know, and you're like, come on guys, you know? And so here's the thing. It's, this is probably one of the most difficult dynamics of the, of the transformation journey because we are social beings and we are programmed in our most deepest levels to, to unite with others for our safety and for our survival. And so that camaraderie is something that we all seek. We all seek to love and to be loved. And, to, and so we need that family. We need that, that support system. And it is really difficult when that system that's around you and when they have bad habits, there's a massive study done by the New England Journal of Medicine or that was done over like 30 years with some 50,000 people. And they actually found all the correlations. And that's, this is where they actually started tying obesity as a social disease because they could actually have twins, separate the twins. And so there's, there's a massive genetic component there. One of them has overweight friends. The other one has fit friends. Guess which one gets over, like ends up packing on the pounds the one with all the overweight friends. And then they Mm. stay that way because they don't want to lose that system. Um, And so this is where it gets really, really difficult. And this is also where sometimes you have to have difficult conversations with your support system about your journey, what you want to do. But this is also where the beauty of the technology we have today is massive because there are, there are 
all of these incredible online groups now that you can join and you can be surrounded by people who genuinely support and love you on the journey that you're on. Because then here's the thing. Sometimes your support system, it's your family, it's your cousins. It's like, it is your close physical network. And here's the thing. You don't necessarily need to remove them from your life. Maybe sometimes you do, if it's extremely harmful, for example, some of my best friends, when I was, when I was hooked on painkillers, they were my drug dealer and about five of my closest friends, my good buddies, they were also some of the nicest people in the world could never hurt anybody. They had the best of intentions, but they were all heavily addicted to drugs. And guess what? I got addicted to drugs. And so, and it was hard because they're genuinely good people. But when I tried to step out of it, it made them sad. And, and I felt that guilt. And so it was hard, but, and, and ultimately I did need to remove myself from that group in order for me to sober up. I had to get away from that. And I had, and, and, and I kept that distance for years. And since I've reconnected with all of them and they've all, they all had to go through their own journeys. And some of them are mm -hmm. really, really sad. We lost one of them, but nevertheless, um, when it comes back to that social support system, you know, and here's, here's the other thing, the root behind a lot of it, when they're, when it's the crabs in the pot that are pulling you down, a lot of times it's not that they have bad intentions. It's not that they're bad people. They're scared to lose you in their life. And they're they, because they haven't had, and a lot of times you changing your life shines a big spotlight on them not willing to, or them not wanting to, and it makes them feel bad about themselves. So they're not mm -hmm. bad, but they're just, number one, their own self-esteem and their own issues, they're going to project them onto you. So that's probably why you're feeling that animosity or that hurt. And then on top of that, or that, that fear, because all of a sudden you're, you're leaving the pot. They're like, dude, I don't want to leave you in my life. Like, I, I don't want to lose you. And they come, come back, come back. And they're going to try to grab at you. So it's, it's, a, this is a, it's a really difficult dynamic here. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy. So how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. Because it's certainly something I've gone through, and it took me a while. Like when I first heard it, it was from my dad, I think, years ago, and he was, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's quite, aye. you know, and I just went, aye, aye. And it took me a few years to realize what he meant, that you could apply it to, like, friendships. And a lot of times I was thinking it meant they were doing it by evilness or they were being bad about doing it. But it's like you're saying, is a lot of times it's they don't want to lose you. But it can also be the friends who can't stop you making a mistake. You know, you're sitting, having, they're all having pints, and they go, no, no, you're, you're on a diet, remember, stick on the cola or the water or whatever it, they it can't allow you to do the bad habits with them because they allow you to express the negative habits or whatever and that's what i struggled with it's if i hang around with them i'm never going to go and do the things i wanted doesn't mean i have to cut them completely out but i need to make friends who are going to motivate and push me and things and it did take me a long time to realize that and i think that's why i really like this kind of podcast is now it's like 
I realize it's 1% better every day. It's not mm-hmm. transform yeah. your life tomorrow. It's chip away at everything, learn a skill, learn how to do it. And I think a lot of people just now are listening and going, oh, he's got some amazing guests. But yeah, but I can't transform my life like a wrestler and train up and become massive like, say, The Rock and become as cool as Jason Statham. And and I keep saying to people, no, don't do it like that. One step at a time. You know, change your habits. So what habits would you want people to introduce once they've started fixing themselves? And how do we deal with the mistakes? You know, like, do you, does it become a habit so you don't make mistakes? Or is it a way you can just reset like a mantra? Yeah, great questions. And I, fortunately, I have, I, 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 I'm excited to share with you my formula and my solution for this. So when it comes to, to transformation, um, again, what, what I've always typically done is going back to the honoring those single commitments to yourself first, like how to take the very first step, right? There's a lot, might, might be a lot of people listening that say, okay, where do I start? Okay, you start by what by making something that we like to call a power promise. And it is a very, very small commitment that no matter what, no matter how crazy life gets with all the ups and downs, you know you can always keep that one thing every day. So it might be it might be drinking an extra quart of water a day. It might be doing two and a half minutes of movement a day, which is actually why I created my nonprofit um, to be that first step for millions of people. It might be just sitting and being mindful for two minutes a day or from a minute a day. Again, something so, so small that no matter what, you can still keep that one action every day. And that action keeps that switch of transformation on. Then you can build commitments on top of that. And if those ever come toppling down, you still have it. Here's the way I I like to think about it. It's like climbing a mountain. That's what we're doing. We're on a journey up a mountain. Good rock climbers, what do they do? You'll see them, they'll climb 20 feet and then they anchor themselves in, right? And then they'll make sure that rope is secure. Mm -hmm. Climb 20 more feet, anchor in. Why do they anchor in? Because, and that they climb, but if they ever lose their footing up here and everything comes falling down, they've got that lifeline, that anchor. And that anchor is that power promise. That's where you start. So I leave that to whoever it is that's listening. What's it going to be? Is it going to be water? Because that'll that, that's going to that's a step in the right direction. Is it going to be movement? Two and a half minutes of just moving your body. That's a step in the right direction. Maybe it's going to be mindfulness, just calming your body down, Go, becoming present here and now, focusing on your breath, doing a total body check-in for two minutes. Those are all beautiful steps in the right direction. That can be that power promise. They can be that that anchor. That if you lose your footing, as long as you're doing that, then you can you're always you're always still in the game. Now, if you just give it all up, guess what? You're going to, you're going to fall and you're going to fall really far. We've seen this time and again. So that's, that's one of the best things we do. Now, here's the thing you said, what happens if you make mistakes or if you mess up? So if you're climbing and then all of a sudden, you know, and you're taking on commitments, you're drinking a gallon, you know, uh, uh, four liters of water a day. I'm going to try to make the conversions over to you guys. So, <laughs> so you're drinking four liters of water a day. Um, you know, say, say you're doing 15 minutes of cardio or <clears throat> maybe you didn't, you didn't even keep your power problems for the day. How do we heal that? Because number one, it's going to happen. 
you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. People chase perfection in this process. And the moment they don't do everything perfectly, they go, oh, that's it. I knew I couldn't do it. Give me a pizza. Give me a beer. Right? And it's like, no, no. Like the transformation and this journey through life, no one does it perfectly. Perfection doesn't exist. So stop chasing something and stop setting such stupidly high expectations on yourself that you can never reach because you're guaranteed to set yourself up for failure. So instead, what we do is we say, I know a mistake is, I, I know it's going to happen. And sometimes the craziest day comes by and you just, you know, who knows, maybe you end up spending half the day in the hospital visiting someone, or maybe you're in it yourself or what, who knows, you blow out your tire and it's pouring rain, whatever. Here's what you do. And this, it's a three-step process that we use. And, and I do this with everyone as they're going through the journey of transformation. We confess at step number one, whatever the commitment was that you made to yourself that you broke, you have to have somebody that you can share with. So there, it, this is where no man is an island and we actually need each other to, to, to help us grow through life, to help us on any kind of journey that we're on. So you actually have, like, we always encourage anyone who's going through the journey to have a super friend. And a super friend is someone that you can actually have as far as that human connection so that when you do mess up, and it's going to happen all the time, maybe daily, maybe weekly, maybe whatever it is. But you have to, number one, confess to that person. That's the hardest part. That is, you want to talk about the hardest part of transformation. It's when you, it's when you mess up or you make a mistake or you break a commitment to yourself. It's confessing. And it doesn't matter how big or how small it was. You confess it and then we reassess it. And we say, okay, so, so say the confession is you're like, dude, I was supposed to do 30 minutes of cardio today. And I didn't do it. And then you, the, then your super friend or whoever it is that, that you've confided in. So you know what though? It's because I started this new job and it's keeping me crazy busy. And honestly, I don't know how, if I'm going to squeeze in 30 minutes every day, I don't think I can. Well, then it's a stupid freaking promise because you're setting yourself up for failure. And the only way you're going to transform is to keep winning. So then what would you, what can you do? Well, 30 minutes, that ain't your promise anymore. That's not the contract you're about to sign with yourself because you know what, you're going to break it. Let's shrink it down. Well, can you do 10 minutes? Yeah, I could do 10 minutes. Of course I could do 10. Okay, well, there you go. If you want to do 10 minutes, let's reassess this. So confess, then reassess. And then once you've actually got a commitment that you know you can keep and you can keep winning and you start climbing again, you recommit. So confess, reassess, recommit. And if people keep doing that, nothing can stop you. I'm telling you that right now. Every time you mess up, confess, reassess, recommit. And that is the magic formula to getting back up on your feet and moving forward with more enthusiasm than you've ever had before. As opposed to, well, I knew I couldn't do it. I'm dumb. Oh, I'm not smart enough. I don't have the grit or the willpower. F that, dude. Confess, reassess, recommit. You're back on your feet and you are flying ahead. That's what it takes. I love that. I love that rock, the the rock climbing way of looking at it, because it's true. You know, you put in your safety, whatever they're called. So if you do fall, you don't fall all the way back down. I, I love. That. I'm actually really disappointed. Thanks. We're we're 55 minutes in, and I'm already thinking, ah. let's go here, let's go here, let's go here. And <laughs> I would love to have you back on. And I, I've I've tried to keep it general because I know we could go so deep, but. The move one million. We've got to talk about that because I think this is such a unique thing for people to to come into. Because, like you've said, 
stop making massive promises, make small changes and build up. And I think that's the beauty of the Move One Million, the Transform app, these sorts of things. You've got a global collective of a community. You do the daily kind of, you know, like mindset stuff. You do the mental goals setting. You tell them stories. You give them little workouts that they can do from home. No excuses. You know, they don't need gyms and stuff where did this motivation for this come from and how could we use this or how, you know, how can we encourage more people to use this? Well, so I, I built two massive platforms and the first one, the motivation was, it was the people that I was working with on the show. I could only work with 15 people a year, but over the five year span that I was doing that, I, we, we received over a million emails from people asking for help. And so that's where, as soon as the show ran its course, I dove right into the technology side of things. And I built the entire journey of transformation beginning to end from the mental component to mental preparedness to hydration, nutrition, movement, everything. And I mean, it took me, I'm still building the app. I mean, I started it five years ago and, and it is, it's a, it's a never ending work in progress. And it's just, again, every single time I learn something, anytime I can, I could, create more to the journey, I, I put it into the transform app now, um, and which has been a, an incredible experience for me. And also like, it's really cool because we've got, I mean, on the show, I was helping people lose, you know, 200 pounds and I was able to do 76 transformations through the app. We've done 70 something thousand transformations, which is so cool. Unbelievable. Like, it's so much right. fun. Um, but then, so move 1 million, um, last year, March. COVID and all of a sudden everything shut down and everyone's quarantined and people are more sedentary than ever. It was when the first reports of anxiety, depression, and suicide started coming out. And I realized how many people are suffering out there. And, um, I started spending a lot of time. I was, I was going through my own, uh, my own personal struggles at the time with the split from my wife. And I was on a journey to just try, try to find, peace and happiness in my life because i i wasn't there i was in a just a, a kind of an empty dark place and um and i at first it was really interesting because at first i was i, I was i was <laughs> i went and i started three different businesses and i'm like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm oh i'm gonna i'm gonna grow like my financial portfolio and I, uh, I like to climb the hills around here in, in Arizona where I can look down on the lights. And I was actually climbing up one of the hills here and I was I, at night and I looked down on the, all the lights and it came to me. I was like, dude, I am chasing, I'm chasing happiness and peace, thinking that some kind of financial success is going to bring that to me. I was chasing that the dollar and, and I was like, man, that's not where happiness is. As I'm looking down on all these lights, I said, if I'm going to find peace and happiness, it's going to be serving all of these people. And because I'm looking down on a city of four and a half million people in the metro area, and I see all, I see all the lights. And I said, when I can serve them, that's where I'm going to find my happiness. So I'm, going to, I'm not going to chase the dollar anymore. I'm going to chase minutes of service. And that's how I'm going to measure my success, is in how, how much I can serve all of these people. And, um, and I'll count it one life at a time, just like the tattoo right down my side. I went right back to the commitment I made 13 years ago. And, uh, and so sure enough, um, I ended up coming down the hill and turning on a documentary on Japan on this, on the country of Japan. And, and the, in the documentary is, it was wild because it's like, Hey, every day in Japan, um, it was uh, in 1928, 
Emperor Hirohito had a major issue. Uh, Japan was growing. He wanted to unite the country and to, to build camaraderie among the citizens. But also he had major problems that all the life expectancy for the average human in Japan was 40 to 45 years old. He needed them. He wanted to expand their life expectancy. And so he's, he was a big believer in physical fitness, but also the, the power of people moving together. So he mandated across the country three and a half minutes set to the same music. It's the same movement every day, every school, every factory, every corporation, everyone in Japan at 630 in the morning, the radio started with the music and everyone went through their motions in Japan. Everyone did the exact same motions together. That's 1928. By 1955, Japan was the healthiest country in the world. Fast forward to now, 93 years later, 27 million continue to do what's called Ragio Taiso, radio calisthenics, every day. It stayed and it grew over 93 years. They are, and they continue to be for six decades straight, one of the top five healthiest countries in the world. It was so powerful at bringing the country together that in 1945, when the U.S. occupied Japan, we prohibited Raji Taiso because he built his armies. He brought them together so powerfully, he actually built his armies off of it. That was the very beginning. And so, and I was looking at this and I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're more sedentary than ever. We're anxious. We're depressed. There's division. The whole nation in, in America alone, the, the whole country is divided. What can we do to come together? This is what we need. We need the modern version of Raggio Taiso. And oh my mm. gosh, I got a degree in exercise science and biomechanics and physiology. I can help, I can create a total body movement. I can set it to new modern music and I build apps. So I'm going to build a whole app platform. I'm going to create this entire thing. And that's my gift. I want to give it to the world. And in, instead of three minutes, I'm going to shorten it to two and a half minutes. So no one can say I don't have time. And it's a total body warm-up that anyone can do standing or sitting, kids, corporations, factory workers, hospital workers, everybody can do it. And again, I, and, and I teamed up with my friend, uh, Amy, Amy Van Dyke, and she's a, she was a six-time Olympic gold medalist swimmer. She broke her back. And so now she's in a wheelchair. So she does a seated version. I do the standing version. And we end up building this massive platform and now we're giving it, it's, it's everyone's for free. And so we're serving, gosh, we're in probably half, well, let's see, we're in multiple school districts here in Arizona. I'm actually going out to Florida in, um, in October to speak to all the PE teachers, all the public school PE teachers across the entire state so they can bring Move One Million to Florida. Awesome. Um, we're, we're serving Phoenix Children's Hospital now, Foundation for Senior Living. And so we just opened up our doors five months ago. It took us some time to build it. We opened up our doors. We're moving 76,000 people a day now. And it's, again, it's free. In fact, all the kids in our schools, right after the Pledge of Allegiance, they all stay standing and they all do Move One Million, which is the movement mm -hmm. together, which brings us all together. And then right after the two and a half minutes of movement, it's two minutes of mindfulness. So then I take everyone through a, a mindfulness exercise to bring them to here and now to reduce stress, anxiety, depression. And then we leave everyone with positive intentions, letting them know that you're strong and you can do anything that you set your mind to and you put your body in action toward. And then on behalf of myself and everyone who's moved today, you're loved and we believe in you. And that's, I get to say that every single day to thousands of kids. And it just, it feels really good. And, and this is just the beginning. I mean, this move on million, we're going to take this across the nation and around the world. I love that. I love the way that you've managed to take something where you were having 76 people that you could, lives there could affect 
and you've taken your gifts now to thousands and, th- and hopefully to millions. Uh, and that was going to be a question I was I was going to bring in was how do we encourage other people to transform? Because I know I'll, like adults kind of have to find their own journey, but for kids, I found I became an uncle to three um, two ne- uh, nephews and a niece, and it changed my life. I never realized how much walking, how much playing, how much mayhem that can be involved. And I think that's the beauty is if we can get kids early and sh- teach them mindfulness, teach them physical activity. And I love the fact that you involve your own kids in this and you show them that kids can do it. Your friend who um, in the wheelchair can do it, that there's no reason. And it's a small commitment and it's something that you can feel pride and bounce off and the next thing and the next thing and build from there. Is there a way we can encourage our children, our nephews, or um, whoever it is, to to become more, to, you know, to eliminate potential problems that our current generations are going through? You know, I, I think Gandhi said it best. He said, "Be the change that you want to see in the world." So it, it's it's up to us to be the change that we want to see in our kids, in our family, in your nephews, in in your children in our community, like it, it's gonna start with us. And the more that we can do it, because the thing is, I mean, people are brilliant. In fact, uh, in, in the fact that they can feel genuine, they can feel authentic, um, or I should say they can feel authenticity. And um, if you are, if you're talking the talk, but you're not walking the walk, it, it won't make any difference in the world. But if you talk the talk and you walk the walk, that's the most motivating, inspiring thing ever. And it's be far more powerful coming from someone who's actually inside the family unit who's living it than from someone outside saying, oh, you should do this. Now, the thing is for me, like I will provide, I want to provide the tools. And, you know, like we, we've, for, for us to, to, to make this, you know, to get the kids to actually do this on a regular basis or, and, and the adults, we want to make it fun. And so, you know, we've gamified it. We have different themes every day for the broadcast. There's mm-hmm. a bus driver theme and a policeman theme. And we actually had some Olympic pole vaulters on with us the day that went the, of the pole vaulting competition in the Olympics. So we're always doing different themes, which is a lot of fun. But then for the adults, we've gamified it so you can have streaks and you can rank up and you can do all these different things. And again, it's all free. It's a free, we're a free service for the world. So we're, we're just trying to get everyone to move for two and a half minutes together. Um, but it's going to start all, it all starts with us. If you want to see a change in your family and in your community, it's you need to actually make the change yourself. And when you do that, then you don't even necessarily have to talk about it. People will see it. They'll feel it. But and then, then when you do get to talk about it, you can speak to with it with so much more passion. And you can really bring it to them. And, you, and when you speak with passion and authenticity, that's what moves people. Because that's something I'd say to people is if you want to do X, go for it. And they'll say, but oh, it's three years. It's a three-year course. I can't do it. Or it's going to take me six months to train to do the marathon. I was like, six months is still going to pass regardless. Do you want to be where you are now? Or do you want to be, even if you do one thing and don't succeed, you're still not the same person. You're going to be a better version of yourself. And then that person can go on to the next thing and the next thing. And that's why I love this approach. It's a small change that you bring about, which gives people confidence and integrity um, to then go on to the next thing and the next thing. I, I could go on for hours and I could ask you so many more things, but I know you're so busy. But what would you want people to take from this? I would love to do a round two, really get into stuff, but what would Absolutely. you give as an overall, 
what would you say is an overall message to people to take from this or a challenge for them if for those listening yeah the challenge and i'm, I'm going to go right back down to your own personal integrity the moment that you become a promise keeper to yourself that's the moment your life is going to change forever but be smart about your promises you're gambling with the most important thing in the world, and that is your personal integrity. That's your esteem. That's your confidence. That's your ability to love yourself. So you make those, those, those commitments small enough, almost so small that you can almost chuckle about how easy they are to keep. And you keep those every day until you're ready to build upon them. And I'm telling you, you, you shift your, your focus, your perspective to keeping that promise every single day. And look out. Look out. You're, you'll be a juggernaut in the world. So baby steps, baby steps, less is more. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, over time and be patient with yourself, give yourself time and you can't ordinary people like you and me, we can all accomplish extraordinary things with that consistency, with it, personal integrity and with time. That's it. I love that. And for people who want to connect, you know, download the apps, buy your your products, all those sort of things, your social media, how can we find you? How can we interact with you? So, so my social media is super easy. It's uh, both on Instagram and Facebook. It's Real Chris Powell. Uh, same thing on, on LinkedIn. Um, so Real Chris Powell, you can find me there. And, um, and then for the app, it's at the Transform app. And for Move One Million, if you want to download that app, also you can just go to m1m.org, m1m.org, and there's a there's a the links to Apple and Google. Remember, it's free. It's 100% free. Join us every day. Move with us. Help us move one million people every day, and rally your friends and your family and your loved ones. And it's the feeling is incredible, and it will unite you, and you're going to feel better, and we'll move together, we'll be mindful together, and we do it every single day. So just join us. It's fun. Well, that's it for another week, and thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.